Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Terrace, Tom DeAngelis, and Don Gleichman. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here, David. Hey, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 24 through 34. But uh, before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see what we're called to see today? Uh, I would love to. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. Thank you for creating this beautiful world for us. Thank you for showing us how to love, how to live, how to suffer, and then how that we will rise with you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of of, of this day. Thank you for um, for the food that we've had today and the clothing and the shelter, all the things that we might take for granted, Lord, they are all gifts from you, and we thank you for them. Thank you for the gift of your word, and as we open up your word, the gospel that we, we will hear this Sunday, help us to, help us to be open to, uh, to listening, to really listening to the still small voice that you want to speak into our hearts. Give us the courage to change where we need to change and just fill us to overflowing with your love, your peace, your joy. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the, the Father, Father, Son, Son and Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. The gospel is uh, according to Matthew, again, chapter 6, verse 24 to 34. Jesus said to his disciples, No one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Maimon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? You are, Look at the birds in the sky. Do they not sow or reap? They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way that the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of these. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, what are we to eat, or what are we to drink, or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. 
sufficient for a day is its own evil. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure we've all heard this gospel a lot in our lives. And for, for the first time, I was just really drawn to the line, Tom, when you, when you read, uh, when you proclaimed the us, If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you? And I was just thinking of like how brief the lifespan is of this beautiful thing, right? Like that the grass and, and its green color and, and the flowers of the field are just so beautiful. Um, and God still like, you know, God clothes, you know, he, he, he's concerned over that. You know what I mean? So in my life, sometimes I look at, okay, what's, what's the long view? And I, I get away from the moment Right, God is the God of now. He's the God of of the present moment, and uh, you know if there's a way or, or you know anything I'm involved in, if it's if it's if it's good in the moment, if it's true in the moment, if it's beautiful in the moment, don't worry about you know how long it's going to last. Right, you know if it's good, if it's true, if it's beautiful, then it's from God. Right, and uh, and I need to just be in that moment, be in the moment. You know, that, that sentence jumped out of me too, Rob, but I didn't reflect on it until you just share what you shared. And, you know, if God so clothes the grass of the field, and I'm thinking, how many times do I drive past or walk past a field and not take notice to see God's handiwork? That field is beautiful, the way the grass flows in the wind, the way there's these wildflowers, we call them, and these. This, it's a poetic beauty that too many times I'm going too fast and I don't see. And so there's a beautiful prayer in a little prayer book. You know, it's a prayer for a peaceful spirit. Slow me down, Lord. Allow me to be, you know, to see the beauty in your creation. To just take a moment to pause, to notice the field, the grass that's in the field, the beautiful flowers that are in the field, and to appreciate this masterpiece which God created. I'm telling you, the more I go and the older I get in life, the Lord keeps saying to me, slow down, David. Take a moment. Because you know what? I can do the same thing with people. I can see bodies. I can see shadows. I can walk right by them and never even notice that there's look that look of anguish on their face, that look of hopelessness. So you know what? I think God really wants to fine-tune both our physical eyes and senses, but also our spiritual eyes and senses so we don't walk by those opportunities to take in the beauty of his creation, but also be a participant in his call to love all peoples unconditionally, to be that person who does offer that food, offer that drink, offer that, you know, that clothing that's needed, that we can be used by God as instruments to help bring his blessings into this world. I need to slow down. And I'm going to ask God every day, grant me the gift of the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and a heart to respond to love, with love, to all I hear and all I see. And you know, David, I think um, related to that is this last line, or near the last line here, where he says, um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given besides. I think that... that, that rapture, that enrapture, that you know, getting caught up in God's creation and seeing God in other people. I think, I think in some ways that is 
the kingdom of God that Jesus is talking about and his righteousness. Because when we do get wrapped up in that, it captures not just our senses, but it also captures our heart and our mind. And and it's raised to God. If you think about it, that's what we're doing. We're reflecting on God. We're looking at the flowers and saying, what is it about the creator that he manifests himself in these flowers? He manifests himself in these trees and in these in these people, in these animals. And so there's something of the signature of God in all of that. And it's a great thing to be able I mean, it's the kingdom of heaven when you think about it. It's the kingdom of God that your you know, that your heart and mind are raised to God as the creator. And that's kind of you know, seek those things and then the rest of the stuff will be given to you. You know, it's just part of it. And, you know, Jesus Christ, Tom, came to set us free so that we may have life and have it abundantly. And the Lord in this passage is saying to us, I mean, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough evil in tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Stay in the present moment. And that really brings me back to our, our little ditty prayer in the back of our Stewardship Permission of Faith prayer book that Father George taught me. He said, David, the past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. God doesn't live in the past. It's a trap of the enemy meant to steal the gift of the present moment. How many of us each day get tra- caught in that trap, go back into the past and say, I wish I would have, I wish I wouldn't have, I should have this, I should have that. Stop. Remember the, the, the reality. It's a trap of the enemy. It's a bait to get to steal the gift of the present moment. And then he said, David... The future, that's in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. It's the what-if roller coaster ride. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if she does this? What if he does that? Stop. It's another baited hook, a trap of the enemy to steal the gift of the present moment. And that's the whole thing about don't worry. Trust God. We do not know that we have tomorrow. But we do know we have the present moment. It is a present, a gift from God that we're to receive and open and live in love. When you get that, it just totally changes your whole heart set, your mindset, because it's all about being God's instrument, his vessel of love in this world. And then ask God for the gifts of the grace to have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and look for how you can be a blessing to others every day. And what you get back every time you are a blessing is what money can't buy, that gift of joy, the gift of peace, kindness, gentleness, the fruit of the Spirit. It's an amazing, amazing journey. Do not worry. Worry, for me, is a lack of faith. He says, O ye of little faith. But when we put our trust in God, But so many times also we need to understand God wants to use us as the instruments to feed, to clothe, to give drink, to share hope. So be open for those too. Sometimes we're the bearer of those beautiful messages of hope and healing that God wants to use to take his son Jesus into this world that needs him more than ever. The word that jumped out at me was uh, devoted. So... um it kind of like asks me the question, like, what are you devoted to? So I'm asking myself, what am I devoted to? So if I have to make a decision on something, you know, if I ask myself, you know, where's my devotion? And if God is the first thing that pops into my head, then I can make, you know, a better decision on doing something or not doing something. If it's, you know, something that's not of God's will, if my first 
thought is devotion to God, then I'm going to say, and I'm going to stay away from that or whatever. So um, I think devotion for me leads right back to the first commandment. You know, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. So I don't have to worry about all this other stuff, you know. I'm devoted to God, put Him first, and then all my decisions and whatever else flows from that. Also in verse 25, uh, it says, we can't serve God and mammon. And I looked in the catechism this morning and in 2113 talks about mammon and it says that mammon is whenever we create an idol that takes the place of God, something to which we devote our concern, our energy, our thoughts, something which in our life becomes more important than God. And I remember when, when I was younger, getting rid of those different things that I had ahead of God, one by one. And there was a point at which God asked me, who's more important, your wife or me? And I realized at that point that I had to give up my wife. I had to actually say to God, you're more important than she is. And when I made a gift of what he had given me, a gift back to him of what he gave me, my wife, he doubly blessed us. Because now he could use us. But as long as I was the most important thing in her life, and she was the most important thing in my life, we actually had a God ahead of our Lord. When, we, when I stepped aside of her and said, together we will walk as you ordained us, and as we asked you to do, alongside of her we will now do what you want us to do. But if I didn't put her ahead of him, all of a sudden I learned a big lesson because in actuality anything can be taken ahead of God anything, even those things that are good that God gives us. And that scared me. <laughs> well, Don, that's huge because that's a tough thing to realize, but you're 100% right. Why is that? Because the first commandment in primacy is to love God, as you shared, Tom, with all, not part of, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. Why? Because if God is truly first, if we truly seek his kingdom first, then all things will be given to us. Why? Because then we create that intimacy of a relationship with God as our heavenly father. And from that relationship, that primary relationship, then God wants to love his daughter, our wife through us, his sister, our wife through us. And guess what? His bride, our wife through us. But if we don't get that right, then what happens is we put our wife above God, then we try and love her with our humanity and our human strength, and it, it causes issues, it causes problems. But when we surrender and we grow into not just a personal relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but an ever-deepening, intimate one, our wives who were created to be responders to that divine invitation— see Christ growing in us, and respond to the beauty and the truth within us, who is who? That relationship with God that has to be first, has to be primary. So thank you, Don. Huge. I was also contemplating the other day that Jesus said, in heaven there is no marriage, mm -hmm. which would mean that things are so special there and so focused on God there that we don't need to have other little tiny things near us. And I'm not referring to my wife as a little tiny thing. She's the most important thing in my life, but there won't be other gods before him. We won't be focusing on other things. 
We won't have, we won't be focusing on rings or symbols of God. We'll be focusing on God himself and he will fill us so totally there's no room for anything else. Right. And where you think you have intimacy with your wife today (laughs) here on earth, as the Lord keeps singing to me, you ain't seen nothing yet (laughs) because the intimacy you'll experience someday in heaven between your wife and you will be Christ within you wooing and cherishing the Christ within her. And it will be so pure that it'll be (gasps) breathtaking, breathtaking. I think too, when you, when you, to give up your wife or in, you know, in my case, I had a situation very similar, Don, where I was reflecting in prayer and I realized that the surrender had to be total and it was my family, you know, and I thought, well, you know, I, you, you, you have this dilemma, you know, it's, it's, got, it's either God or, you know, my family and really what you end up surrendering and giving uh, away, so to speak, is the is the compulsion is the grasping on is the holding on and so what you really give up is what Jesus is talking about here you give up the fear you give up the worry you give up the anxiety and you turn them over to God and the experience I'll never forget I wish you know I could I could you know bring that back over and over again the experience was I got them back but I got them back as God's gift. That's right. So it just changed the whole perspective on them. And now I had a completely different appreciation of them. It, they didn't change. I mean, it was a matter of it. You know, I went to adoration and I came home and they looked different. They felt different because I wasn't compelled anymore to worry about them, to be concerned about them. I turned them over to God. I turned myself over to God. And therefore that experience was he gave them back to me, except now I had them correct. I had them correctly. I had them in my heart, and I had them, and that was that was a great insight. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that. Now, do you guys have any thought on? You know, we talk about balance. You know, what if God is first? You know, we're, we're we're intentionally trying to make God first, but then after that, we're out of balance. Well, you know, I mean, you know, is, that, is that honoring God's? There, I mean, is that? You know, are we still at risk of uh, of? of being devoted to mammon and because if God's saying him first and then if we're married our spouse and then our kids and then our work. So what if we're God and then work or God and then kids, you know, like, like if we are trying to put God first, but then the other relationships are out of balance. Well, I think it's really important, Rob, to really seek counsel from the Holy Spirit on that, because when we look at our, our balanced life, first and foremost has to be our relationship with God all in, not part in, not just on Sunday, all in. God the Father wants to be involved in every aspect of our life. In prayer, invite him in, ask him questions. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us. So does the Holy Spirit. So does the Lord Jesus Christ. So for me, that's primary. And then we look at, okay, what's my number one vocation given to me and entrusted to me as a sacred trust from God? It's my spouse. So that has to be number two. If I put children above spouse, that's a disordered life. Because I've got to give to my wife, my wife to me. That's the primacy of order. And then from that primacy of order, then comes the children. They're the second greatest gift God has entrusted to me are the children and grandchildren. That's a well-ordered life. And we cannot let work, the church, or anything, church work, come above those two primacies in our lives. Because at the end of the day, it was our watch as a man. It was my watch to protect the family, to woo, cherish, and treasure the heart of my beloved wife, who is God's daughter, sister, and bride. You know, it is my watch 
as a as the leader as, as the man leader of the home to watch over and care for each and every one of the children and grandchildren and below the line after that rob i think is really what i call mission opportunities which is the work we do for god in the church in the workplace and in the community and then below that is self what are we putting into our bodies physically food wise but also spiritually through our eyes through our ears and i think that's a well balanced life and keep asking god to help you get into a well-balanced life because the enemy is always going to use stuff to pull you away from God where God wants you and where he's entrusted you. You know, because there's a lot of good stuff you can do in the church, but if it takes you away from your wife and your children to the point of causing damage, that's not God. It's not. Um, I've always thought of that order that you talked about, David, as, you know, that relationship with God is primary because it forms and informs our relationship with our spouse, which is secondary because it forms and informs our relationship with our children. In other words, they see how we relate to each other as husband and wife, and they say, oh, this is how it works. This is the way it's supposed to be. And that comes from, that's why it feels like when you give those people, those relationships to God, you get them back in right order, and that and it, and it works. That's the way it's supposed to work. And I think also here, as we look at this, we you know, what are we to eat? What are we to drink? What are we to wear? All these things that pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows all that you need. So for me, having that heart of gratitude, that it's God that provides every meal, every snack, every drink, thank you, Father. It's God that provides every piece of clothing that I put on. It's thank you, God. You know, and it'd be really interesting when you go to shop for new clothes, they say, Father, what do you think? You know, Lord Jesus, what do you think? Holy Spirit. And that way we can distinguish between, because notice it says, Father knows what you need. It doesn't say, Father knows what you want. Because there is a true discernment between what I truly need for the sustaining of my body and my life and what I want, because I can want a whole lot of stuff that's not real healthy for me. So for me, that including God as our Father in all decisions, and then having that heart of gratitude, because I think the greater our heart grows in gratitude, thanking God for everything, truly from our hearts, I believe that's the closer we are to God. And that gratitude extinguishes that entitlement that could creep in. You know, that everything is a gift, everything. We don't deserve anything, and it's all a gift. So this past weekend, I was getting my six-year-old daughter, Hope, um, a bowl of cereal, and it was not at a mealtime. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and, you know, I pour it for her, put the milk in, and she looks at me, and I say, do we need to pray for this? <laughs> like, because like, it's not one of the, it's, it's not one of the meals. Like, well, you know, God gave it to you, so you know, maybe we can thank Him, right? It doesn't matter that it's not a meal time. And they say, okay, so so we so we thank God for the uh, cocoa puffs or whatever it was. But it was it's you know that whole it's just a way of life. And then when we are grateful, the joy bubbles up, and you know then we don't worry about what we don't have. We're just focusing on being thankful for what's in front of us. There was a, there's a section here where it says, can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? The Greek word is not single moment, it's a cubit, which sort of makes it interesting. Can you add any length to your lifespan at all by worrying? I had a text message this morning before the sun came up 
from a friend who called me his prayer warrior, and he asked me to pray for a very important interview he was having today because it could very well change all his entire life. And I said, and so what are you worried about? And he emailed back, I, I, I told you this is something that could change my very life. And I said, don't you entrust that life to God now? I know you as a good Christian man. I think you do. And he said, he said yes, I do. And I said, then, then why are you worried? If God's in charge, all you have to do is rest and be, be, be secure in that knowledge. And with confidence, go forward. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't work out, that's great because it's all God's plan. It's all part of God's plan. Nothing escapes God's notice. But in that story, Don, I think it's so important to realize that God wants the whole body to participate in that. So him reaching out to you as his prayer warrior, his brother in Christ, to invite you to pray along with him for the outcome, for the discernment, I think that's huge because he wants the whole body to work for the betterment of the body together. So let's not be afraid to reach out to ask our prayer warrior friends to pray for us in family decisions, in work decisions, you know, in things that we're going through in life, you know, because that's that, that to me, that's the body working together. I was not chastising him. This man I know well, and, and he loves the Lord deeply, and he trusts in the Lord. And I think all he needed was a reassurance that he had to trust God again instead of worrying. Because we do tend to see what's around us. Like when Peter got out of the boat, he saw, he saw the storm. If he'd kept his eyes focused on Christ and the security he had in that knowledge that Christ was there, he wouldn't have sunk. But we tend to take our eyes off, and it's just helping to remind him of what he already knew was—, was and the, the journey with, uh, especially with kids, they help us to see the world through pure eyes. They help us to, to get that wonder and awe back in our, in our life. And, uh, you know, whatever past sins we have sometimes, for me at least, I could get over, overly stressed that my kids are going to go down the same wrong road. And, and that robs you of the moment too. Like, you know, don't watch this or don't do this or don't, don't read this or don't listen to that. Like, 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 you know, the devil's under every rock, you know, that, and the kids are looking at things in, with with a purity, and you want to protect that purity. But I think uh, sometimes I can go the other way, where I get too worried about what they might fall into, um, based on what I fell into, you know. And, and it robs that moment with them as well. So just uh, need to ask God to help me with that one. Awesome. And again, we can't serve two masters. So a challenge point for myself and for all of our listeners: let's take a look at how we invest our time each day. And conversely, how we just spend it. Because we invest it in God's will and what God wants us to do, we receive the fruit of the Spirit. But when we just spend it, and me, my biggest challenge is television. When we just click through the channels or watch shows that are not really feeding us and healthy for us, we're just spending it. And we can't get it back. We can't get one moment back. So take a look at your life. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. And let's look at more investment of our time in the salvation of souls rather than spending it on frivolous things that really don't impact the kingdom of God. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at 
stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.